Last weekend, I preached about faith and that for us as Catholics, faith isn't a subjective idea, but it's something that precedes us, that's offered to us as a gift, that is a firm foundation that's bigger than ourselves. So if that's true, why isn't everybody Christian then? If this gift is given to the world and is a firm foundation on which we can stand, why isn't everyone Christian? Why does somebody decide seemingly out of the blue with no faith background, no faith upbringing to become Catholic and somebody else who has been surrounded by Catholics for their entire life never converts? Why do children within the same family have different degrees of practicing the faith? There's a Canadian cardinal, a cardinal of the church working in the Vatican and none of his siblings go to church anymore. Why is that the case? If this faith is given as such a great gift and all are offered it to receive it and to respond in faith, why doesn't everybody do it? Why instead is the result division? That, as Jesus says in the gospel today, it's two against three and three against two, father against son, and so on and so forth. Why instead of this gift of faith drawing us all together, instead does it cause division? Some will make the argument that it's religion itself that's the problem. That religion is what has caused division and conflict in the world for centuries now. And that the more we can get rid of religion, the more peaceful world we will have. You just have to look at the last couple of years to know that that's not necessarily the case. We can find lots of ways to be divided that have nothing to do with being religious. So why does it cause division? There's two ways that it can cause division. The one is that it causes division because there are, for example, we are Catholics, we are Christians, and they are something else. It's a division between us and them, that they are other. I don't think that's the division Jesus is talking about. That division isn't Christian. But there's another kind of division where it's those who embrace faith and those who reject it. And by nature of those two realities, it causes division. For example, you go to a restaurant with family or friends and it comes time where the check comes out and you offer to pay and they go, oh, no way, you're not paying. Put that card away, I'm paying. They're not accepting the gift. The gift is being offered, but they are rejecting the gift that is offered. That same thing happens with faith. That it's not so much that it's us and them, but it's those who are willing, those who are able to receive the faith, respond in faith, and they are divided, we are divided against those who reject that gift of faith for whatever the reason might be. I don't know, maybe some of you can tell me, maybe that division seemed less stark 60, 70 years ago because where you live generally, everybody else was Catholic. That the division was 
from town to town or from one part of town to the other part of town, but really everyone around you was Catholic and everybody went to Mass. But I bet you if we dug a little bit, the division would still be there between those who accept the faith and those who don't. Because I think back then, even if people went to Mass, not all of them accepted the faith. That division will always exist because Jesus came to bring a fire, a baptism of fire, the gift of his spirit. And it's gift. And so it can always be embraced or rejected. It's a free gift. It's not an imposition. And there is no way to impose the faith on another human person. And so there will always be division. Because Jesus also says that he brings peace. But the division is the result of this reality. So, I'm going to give you three reasons, current today, why there is that division. Probably you can just think of within your own family. There's more than three for sure. But here are three realities that we live in today that make it hard for many people to accept the gift of faith in their life. The first is suspicion of institutions, that there is a very strong suspicion of anything that comes from any form of institution in the world. Why? Well, because over the last number of decades, there has been example after example of evils perpetrated by institutions. The fruits of institutions have been shown to not be very good many times. And so can we blame people for having that suspicion towards institutions? But in our Catholic faith, what is part and parcel of embracing that gift of faith? The church. And so if someone has a suspicion towards institutions within their life for whatever that reason is, how hard is it going to be for them to embrace life in the church? It's going to be a huge hurdle. Second, we generally speaking, those of us that live here, live quite comfortably. We live a life of comfort, right? Some of you have examples from your own childhood where life was left comfortable not that long ago. But for the most part, we live quite comfortably. And with comfort comes this illusion that I am in control of my life. Because I have the means at my disposal to create a life of comfort, and so it garners me a sense of control over my life. And the moment that we gain a sense of control over our life, why do I need God? I'm handling things. See, and then that, how can we preach Christ crucified to those who are living in comfort and who are in control? The message of the cross is a gift to those who do not know a way through suffering. The message of the cross are for those who have lost control and are looking for someone to embrace them in their suffering and lead them to new life. And so if that is the reality and the experience of people, how hard is it going to be for them to embrace this message of Christ crucified that is at the heart of our faith? 
Third, we've grown towards a very material approach to life. And I'm not just talking materialism, talking that we approach life more now than maybe ever materially. One example that I could think of was the reality of farming today compared to even 50 years ago. Right? The data that farmers can pull from their combines to soil samples and the way that they can analyze all of those things to create equilibrium and maximize their crops, it's insane what they can get now. But are they really farming that much better than 50 years ago? 50 years ago, a lot of that was done intuitively, that it was done by trial and error, that it was handed down from generation to generation of best practices in farming. Yeah, maybe with this increased data, you can farm larger parcels of land, but are really better off? But it's a data-driven approach to something that's not just data, because at the end of the day, can you really control the outcome of your crop? At the end of the day, you're still dependent on weather and the season. So if that is where somebody's coming from, how can we talk to them about the spiritual life, which is at the heart of our faith? If people are living in this material approach to life, where their first approach to everything is this materialism, this scientism, then how can they be open to what is immaterial and the spiritual life? These are just three examples of the world that we're living in that is antithetical to embracing the gift of faith. And so I tell you those things just as a help and a reminder that particularly with your family members that are struggling to embrace the gift of faith, know that that's what they're living. And that it doesn't have any mark of failure on the way that you brought them up as parents or as grandparents. It doesn't say anything about what you did or didn't do. It's simply the world that we're living in. But then, each one of your role in their life is to allow this fire of Christ to come into your life so that you, as a Christian, can be the example and the witness of the, in their life of all of these things that they can't see. You are to be the example of what it means to be a member of the body of Christ and how that is a gift to your life. You are to be a witness of how there is hope in suffering. You are to be an example of how the spiritual part of your life feeds into giving a greater understanding of every relationship that you have. That's your role. And at the end of the day, they get to choose to receive it or not. You can't control that outcome because the response to that gift of faith that is given ultimately lies with each individual person in receiving or rejecting that faith. So the challenge today is to look within yourself. Maybe with, even within yourself, there is some resistance to a part of that gift of faith. Maybe something I didn't list today. 
ask Christ for the grace to receive it. And then for the people in your life who struggle with faith, how am I showing them the witness and the example of what Christ desired to bring, to counter the witness of the world and to offer them that gift of faith through my words and my thoughts and my actions.